Welcome to Top Score. I'm Emily Reese. Extended episodes of Top Score are now part of the Infinite Guest Network from American Public Media. I hope you like it. You can share your thoughts online at infiniteguest.org. Today on Top Score, you'll hear from composer Darren Korb. Korb works for Supergiant Games, and in addition to writing soundtracks to all their games, Korb handles all the audio, including working with the voice talent and sound effects and such. You might know Korb's music from Bastion, that colorful indie game that exploded onto the scene in 2011. Supergiant Games' sophomore release is called Transistor. Darren wrote the soundtrack for that, too. If you would, in your own words, just kind of explain the game. Yeah. Uh, so Transistor is a science fiction action RPG where you play as a singer who has had her voice taken by some sort of uh, assailants that you don't sort of know uh, right off the bat. And then, you know, you start out uh, on basically a mission across traveling across this futuristic city to uh, to find them. And uh, you know, and, and uh, ostensibly to get get your voice back initially, and then craziness ensues. Much like Bastion, such a colorful world. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Gen Z, uh, our art director, has done a really incredible job. I think making it a really beautiful. Just, I mean, pretty much every frame of the game, I think, is could be a a, a painting. I mean, it's pretty pretty incredible artwork. of introduced to the idea of Transistor and you knew you were going to be doing the soundtrack for it. How did you decide what Transistor should sound like? It took me a long time to decide that, actually. I, I spent, on this project, we had a long pre-production phase compared to Bastion, where we basically didn't have one. <laughs> so, you know, I spent maybe six months prototyping what, what I thought the music should sound like. I mean, I made probably seven pieces or something before I made the one where I was like, oh, that's the sound. It took a while, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm I am glad that I spent the time because um, I feel like I eventually got there and, and, and found something that I was happy with, um, and that I feel like expressed the tone of the game uh, nicely. Yeah, and I think one of the strengths, one of the many strengths to the entire soundtrack, is the consistency. It's very consistent throughout um, in terms of you know that sound world. Uh, you know, you can't really extract one song. From the other, I mean, obviously they're individual pieces, but 
but yeah, it's very consistent throughout. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, I definitely wanted to to try and have there be a through line for all, for all the pieces as much as possible in terms of the the palette, you know, sonic sonically speaking. Mm -hmm. And tell me what you ended up calling that sound world. I sort of arrived at this almost at the end of the process, but old world electronic post rock is something that that you could apply to it if you if you wanted to. <laughs> and remind us what you called Bastion. Acoustic Frontier Trip Hop. for a minute because I, I remember when we talked about Bastion, we kind of talked about Ashley, I think, much later in the process, uh, but she is so central to this, not only the, the music in the game, but the, the entire story. So she was almost like a surprise success from Bastion. So following that, did, did you as a team realize we could almost more or less build a game around her? Or I mean, I, I think we knew that people responded well to the work that we do with Ashley in, in Bastion and thought, you know, I mean, it's sort of the way that we work is just like, what do we have access to? What, you know, what are, what are our resources? Let's use them to the best of our ability, you know? And, and Ashley was excited to, to work with us again. So we, you know, we, we thought it would be a cool opportunity to, to do more stuff with Ashley. And, and, you know, one, one of my goals this time around, Milo, one of my goals this time around was to have, um, more singing. Seconds march into the past. Moments pass. Just like that, they're gone. The river always finds the sea. So helplessly, like you find me. I thought that was something kind of cool that, that we could push on, you know, kind of hard just because we had, you know, I, the ability to, to do it. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun working with Ashley again. We had quite a few more sessions this time around than we did for Bastion, um, just kind of throughout the process, just because the humming was a pretty big um, undertaking in that, you know, it's in just about every piece. And, <laughs> Milo agrees. Yes. It's in j just about every piece in the game. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly like a big, um, a, certainly a big undertaking. Think I'll go where it suits me. Moving out to the country. With everyone, oh, everyone. We We got together and, and did sessions like, you know, it was serially throughout the project. So as I would finish pieces, I'd have like a few few finished pieces and she'd come in and, you know, do a vocal track for me, like a, one of the songs with, with lyrics. And then maybe we'd knock out a couple of humming tracks at the same kind of in the same session. 
and we do that kind of throughout the process um, until the very end, pretty much. So explain the humming thing, because there there are some really great ways that you, as as a team, and you as the audio director, of course, kind of came up with incorporating music into the game. Can you talk a little more about that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, one thing that we do that, that, I, that I really wanted to try in this game that we ended up using a lot is, is sort of state-based musical stuff. So one thing that we, that we thought would be interesting is when you go into the turn mode, uh, something to really like pull you in to Red's head during that state we thought we could try humming, you know, so you're hearing, it's like, it's as if you're sort of embodying red at that moment. And it's sort of like meditative, you know, kind of planning state. Um, and so that's, that's how the idea for the humming tracks came about. And then once we had humming tracks for everything, we thought, Hey, let's try and let, let's just make you make a button, allow you to hear this whenever you want, you know, because that would be fun. <laughs> and, and so we did, we did that. We have like a humming button where you can just kind of hum along to whatever piece is playing and it'll, you know, kick on the silent vocal track that's playing all the time to every piece. And, uh, and cause we, you know, we had it already. So why not, uh, why not, why not give it a shot? So yeah, it, it, I was really pleased with how it turned out and, and people seem to respond well, uh, to it. So, so yeah, it's, that was a fun, fun little feature. that are different too it's much more electronically based i would say um fewer fewer acoustic instruments if you will i would imagine that was a choice based off of kind of the subject matter of the game yeah yeah absolutely yeah the the setting and the tone of the game definitely lended themselves i thought to something kind of colder uh more electronic darker um overall and yeah that's definitely what i was going for i mean i still i still tried to pepper in some sort of more kind of old world European type instruments, harps, uh, mandolins and things like that, uh, accordions, um, to, 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 uh, contrast against that. Um, and to also help, help define the place a little bit. Cause, cause the place is this sort of, it's almost like Venice, like, like kind of beautiful, futury vintage, you know, something. And, and so I thought the contrast of, of the electronic thing up against, the, the kind of old world instruments would help help you know reinforce what you were looking at. So tell me a little bit more about those certain colors because you did focus on uh, some solo instruments, whether it be electric guitar or accordion, which we'll talk about in in a few moments again. But tell me more about some of those specific colors you focused on for the game. Yeah, I mean each one helped kind of serve a different purpose. I mean. I knew an angle that I was interested in was sort of the brooding kind of post-rocky electric guitar element, which was a, a big through line for a lot of the pieces. And so the, you know, the electric guitar, it, it helped me with uh, getting across sort of a lot of the, a lot of the sort of darkness of the, um, of the soundtrack 
that I was shooting for with, I had some, like a lot of creepy delays that I put on the guitar and stuff to make that were sort of uncomfortable, especially in old friends, like the first track on the soundtrack. Um, that's one where I like, I really, uh, it's just, just like a super strange kind of out of time reverse delay thing. And so I, uh, I use the electric guitar for, for a lot of that stuff. And then um, the accordions, the harps, and all that stuff was, was really to help me kind of convey the vintage feel of the place to some degree. You know, so, uh, something that helped, helped kind of place you kind of somewhere sort of vaguely almost European, but, um, but not, you know, not quite. So, yeah, that was, the, that was the idea, I think, of a lot of that stuff. I suppose trying to talk about the ending without spoilers might be a little hard, but it is a heartbreaking ending. And we you think you can say without giving anything away or how did that impact the music you wrote i definitely at least the last couple of pieces were written specifically to reinforce that moment um and the very last song in the game is very much like a direct like it you know my idea was that all these songs in the game are songs that red has written like before any of the events of the game take place and they're her songs in her catalog that already exist but I thought that her, you know, relationship to the um, the character inside the sword would be maybe would have been probably an important part of her life before the game. So maybe a lot of that stuff is sort of about this character anyway, you know, and her relationship to this character. So 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 yeah, specifically that yeah, specifically that last song um, was was written know with with that event having taken place like immediately before it right in mind you know and also the kind of build up uh piece that 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 occurs it's like a short it's like a short piece on the soundtrack and i, I kind of forget i forget the name of it actually but the, the one that leads right into that moment is uh is something that i i made specifically to kind of score to to that to that moment touch on some of my favorites coasting oh yeah 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 cool <laughs> love that song awesome thank you um water wall that's the one with accordion yep, 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 yep. love the accordion awesome. and sandbox awesome yeah, yeah yeah sandbox is a lot of fun um, <laughs> tell me about sandbox it's um it's super you know different than a lot of the, the rest of the stuff on the soundtrack um i wanted to you know, we have this this sort of sandbox world where you go and and it's sort of like a like a kind of desert island uh, sort of in this in this world with surrounded by ocean and and so I, I thought it would be fun to have something that's sort of like tropical feeling and so I went with like a, I kind of pushed on the ukulele almost like a Hawaiian kind of island feel in the slide the slide guitar and everything to try and evoke that um, and I knew that you would be um, 
what would be happening when you're hearing it a lot is you'd be in these sort of combat encounters for the most, most, most of the time you're hearing it. So I tried to give it different levels where it's got this like kind of small, kooky, tropical feel, and then it gets kind of intense in the middle. And, and so, so it can, can breathe a little bit um, in that way. came back. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and of course, he's another childhood friend, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, you guys and also I believe Ashley, you all recorded in the in the closet those yep. tracks too? Yep. That's hilarious. Same same deal. Yep. <laughs> on uh yeah, on on uh on Bastion, we were all, you know, we all all recorded in the same spot. The only difference, I used different mics this time, but um but that's pretty much pretty much everything else was just about the same. It must give you uh, quite a bit of almost invaluable insight to be working on the narration while you're writing the score, too. Absolutely. Yeah, it does, actually. I mean, I, I am, you know, have a lot of access to the story and, and the dialogue and everything while, while I'm working. Um, just given the nature of kind of how, how we work, it's everyone can, you know, if they want, have access to all the different um, aspects of the game and, and, you know, ideally should have some knowledge, right, um, of, of the other the other disciplines so so yeah it was definitely um that was definitely valuable i think and and the tone of the dialogue and the tone of logan's performance also can you know definitely are integral to the tone of the game right so um if i'm just if i'm trying to reinforce the tone with the music and that's one of my main goals then that's definitely a helpful uh, a helpful thing things that you do for all of the things that you did for Transistor, you also had, you know, a number of tasks for Bastion as well. Do you find it difficult to balance all of those things, like working on the sound effects, working on the sound design, working on the narration, writing the music? I mean, how does that balance work for you? This time it was a little harder for me to find a balance, I think, because of the way that we worked a little bit. Like, we, we had a different approach to some degree than we did on Bastion. This time, yeah, I definitely like I got behind towards the end of the project, and we had we ended up um, uh, outsourcing some of the sound effects, like right towards right at the end, and uh, just kind of like it's an emergency, like oh no, we're running out of time. Um, and I also happen to have a baby, like during the project, so that that certainly made me busy for a little bit in there. So yeah, I mean, I think definitely scheduling myself better across the three disciplines is something I'm gonna, you know work on for the next project, um, for sure. Part of what happened, I think, 
is I made these temp sounds early in the project. Just, I made like a batch of temporary sounds that were pretty good. And we just kind of used for like a long time. So there wasn't that much urgency to like put in new sounds. So I was like, yeah, I'll do that later for a lot of this stuff. And, and I think what happened is the temp sounds ended up being like kind of too good for, for temp sounds. And I, on my next project, I have a mental note to like, if I'm making temp sounds, I need to make them horrible because <laughs> I like will have to want to replace them in order yes. to do it actually. So that's, that's, that's my approach is just make awful temp, temp stuff or, or, or try or try to make it final, you know? Yes. Yeah. One or the other. Yep. Yep. Can, can we talk about control group? Yeah, sure. Tell me all about control group. There is only Yeah, Control Group is a, it's my band. It's a three-piece uh, with Evan Reynolds and Jeremy Parker, a.k.a. Jack Plug is his uh, stage name. Jeremy Parker actually used to work at Harmonix, and that's kind of how, how I met him when we were both doing Rock Band Network stuff, and we started rocking together, and Evan is a friend of his from back in, in, uh, in college in Boston. And so, yeah, we started playing together a couple, I guess three years ago probably, kind of casually, and then started playing out like early last year. Yeah, we have a new album coming out at the end of summer um, it's called Hot Swap. And, uh, and we've been playing shows, and it's definitely been a lot of fun. It's, like it's kind of like a 90s-style garage rock is sort of our, our, the aesthetic, I'd say. And it's a lot of fun. We all switch instruments, and everybody sings, and, and everybody writes, and everything. Yeah, because so. yeah, you've got the, the three tracks up, and I thought I'd noticed that some, there was like a different singer on every track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super yes. fun. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. We we put on a pretty crazy live show and dress up and everything. Yeah, it's 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 cool and it's a nice contrast to the stuff I do for games too. For me, like creatively, you know, because one thing I like about our, my process with Control Group is that it's you know it's very much a collaborative thing, you know, as as much as possible basically. Because when I'm working on game stuff, it's like me sitting at a computer until it, until it's done, you know. <laughs> so it's nice to be able to to, um, to collaborate. Back to Transistor before we wrap things up. What was the biggest challenge this time around for Transistor? I think one of the really big challenges was that, you know, it's our it was our sophomore effort. You know, after after the Bastion people really responded so well to it, there was definitely like we felt the pressure of that for sure. Because I think for this game a lot of our decisions were in some way at least made in relationship to Bastion. And as a reaction for us to Bastion, to some degree, right? So that really made it tough because I wanted, like we had, we wanted people to know that the same group of people made this game as made Bastion. And yet we didn't want people to just feel like they were playing a Bastion kind of clone. We, I mean, we wanted to do something. So it was a very kind of fine line we were trying to walk by, by trying to do something totally different and yet similar uh, in, in feel and, and everything. So... So yeah, it was definitely a challenge, um, especially, you know, for me, at least it was a challenge musically.
you know, it was a challenge narratively. We tried, we were, you know, we definitely like tried to do something pretty different with the voiceover, you know, it was our own, it was like our only story delivery method in Bastion because it was an omniscient narrator who could just sort of tell you everything. And this time it was a character you're with in the present moment reacting to stuff in real time with you who didn't know any more than you did necessarily. So this, that was definitely a narrative challenge trying to figure out like how do we deliver story this time around and all that stuff. So we, so we really like kind of went back to the drawing board for a lot of stuff. It was definitely a challenge. Milo thinks it was really challenging too. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I would say, again, I guess to summarize, the toughest thing was just the fact that, that you know, we had sort of Bastion kind of looming um, over us while we were making it. Uh, and, and then, and, and you had, we had to contend with expectation, which we didn't have to contend with while we were making Bastion, right? So just the pressure of, of that was certainly, um, certainly something that was palpable uh, on the project, for sure. Well, I think Supergiant Games... I mean, you're such a small team, yet you have managed again to show the world that that doesn't matter. <laughs> you still make really amazing games. And I think it really does. I, I think people are kind of in awe of that, you know, and I think you see that in the compliments you receive. Just like, this is such an amazing game. How can such a small group of people come up with something so perfect? <laughs> that's uh, that's really awesome to hear. I mean, I, I think kind of the the secret is like the smallness of the team is is like one of our biggest assets i think you know and that the more people you add the harder it gets to manage the entity you know and the harder the harder the more organization you have to have the more planning there has to be the less agile you can be in terms of like trying stuff and it changing it and iterating the you know there, the more people that are, there are involved, the kind of less pure the vision can be. You know what I mean? So, so I, I definitely think, I mean, I, I certainly take that as a, a humongous compliment. A, and also, I think part of the trick is the smallness um, of the team sort of allows us to make games in this way. And, and, and I don't think we'd be able to make these games with, with if we added even five more people or ten more people, you know. Pleasure, Darren, as always. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. Just, you're, you're very amazing. <laughs> I love your music. And it's, <laughs> Thank you very uh, much. Always great to hear something new. You've been listening to Top Score, part of the Infinite Guest Network from American Public Media. I'm Emily Reese. Top Score's production assistant is Pierce Huxtable. Check out some of our other programs on the Infinite Guest Network, like A Tiny Sense of Accomplishment with Sherman Alexie and Jess Walter, or Big Appetites with Patty Hinnich and Sally Swift. Top Score is supported in part by a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts, Artworks. Search for Infinite Guest or go to infiniteguest.org.